welcome, welcome. Hello, everybody. Um, I am streaming using StreamYard today, which is weird. I don't usually do that, but I'm doing that because I have a evil Santa joining us. I have a special guest that will be here soon, and I did not have time to figure out how to uh, use my normal broadcast software, OBS, to uh, to have a guest on. I've tried it in the past with OBS, and it didn't work, so I just thought, hey, StreamYard's figured that out, so we'll do StreamYard for today. What that means is our quality will be down a little bit. The highest I can go in StreamYard is like, I think it's 720 or something like that. Um, they still call it HD, but we know different. So <laughs> so things are gonna be slightly different, but hopefully you can see me okay. Hopefully you can hear me okay. I'm not getting any, uh, any comments to the contrary. So we're just gonna go right on ahead here. We're gonna start with our shipping report because we're religious about that. So our shipping report is no losses so far. I don't think we've had any issues that, at least no one's reported any issues. All the fish we've shipped since we last saw you have arrived alive and in good shape and no one's reported anything. Um, if you have had any problems, please let me know. You can comment here in the live stream. We're, we're fine with that. We like to be transparent. We don't mind talking about this stuff. Um, or you can email me, dan at dancefish.com. Either way, if you do comment about it, if you'd make your comment at dancefish so I see it, that would be appreciated. Although I'm using StreamYard, so I'm not even sure if in fact it will highlight for me this is going to be different in more ways than one today anyway that's the shipping report we have some other cool stuff to talk to you about one is um we have been using our little temperature recording doodads so i'm going to share with you some graphs of the actual temperatures fish experience um in a couple boxes that we've sent and got the uh data for that's been interesting to look at um i'm going to talk about our, our shipping schedule during the holidays. It's going to be a little bit different. And then um, I have some updates about stuff that we've been working on for the website and for the warehouse. But before we do any of that, let's bring on Evil Santa here um, so that we can talk about what Evil Santa is doing for Christmas this year. Um, hello, Evil Santa. Ho, 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 ho. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, uh, first before we get started, even Dan, I just really appreciate it. You, you've you've taken yourself out of your element, and and uh, you know I appreciate you doing this for me to, to help get the word out. You have one of the busiest streams around, and this would be this is a great way to uh, really make sure that everybody is aware of uh, Fish Fam Christmas and the Secret Santa thing that we're doing. So well, thank you're you. welcome, man. It sounds like it's gonna be a ton of fun. Tell the people what's going on. It is. It's going to be a blast. And this thing started out just as a little bit. And actually, Alex from the Secret History Living in Your Aquarium uh, was the guy. He said uh, uh, one time he said, man, you look like Santa Claus. I hope you play Santa Claus this year. And I was like, <laughs> you know what? That's a great idea. I want to do that for the fish fam. So we got this uh, we got this thing going and, and there's two parts to it. If you're a channel host like Dan, you, you do live streams uh, and you're a member of the fish fam. And, and what does that mean exactly, member of the fish fam? It really just means that you create fish content um, and you're out there. We know, you know, we know who you are. You know, that's that's really all that means. Um, but if you've got a channel and you do live streams and you'd like me to come up on your channel from December 19th through December 31st uh, to do some giveaways, you can sign up. 
Um, that doesn't come out of your pocket. We have donations from a lot of companies, from a ton of people, a huge amount of donations, in which we'll get into. Um, but uh, you can sign up and have me come up on there. Again, nothing out of your pocket. Uh, you know, it doesn't really help you as a channel host very much. You'll get some extra subs. You'll get some extra views. Um, let's see. Is Who's in the chat? I see Maria. Maria Z is posting. Um, if, if you guys, I'm not sure if the mods have the links for uh, the documents. If you guys do, let me know. If you don't, let me know too, and I'll throw those up. Uh, we have a couple of documents. The one to sign up as a channel host. But we also have what we're calling a spread list instead of a spreadsheet. It's a spread list. And it uh, it shows all the donations so far. It shows all the companies. It shows all the people, uh, although they're anonymous. So there's just initials. Um, and it also shows the channels that are signed up, which is important, because if you want to win, if you want to win all these things. And again, I'm going to get into what we've got to give away. But uh, you have to go up on these live streams and watch them from December 19th through the 31st. You're not going to know when I will show up on those live streams. There's people that live stream eight times over that two week period, you know, so I'll be up on one stream over eight days. You don't know. You'll have to watch them all to find out. So um, the basic idea is I understand it. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong there, evil Santa is that um, there's a, a bunch of channels that stream that have signed up to have you appear randomly on them. Yes. And then there's a bunch of companies and channels and other people in the fish fam that have donated items that you will be giving away on those streams. So you've got this big sack of toys that have been donated. Yes. And you're going to randomly show up on fish fam channels, pop up and give something from the sack away. We won't know when we won't know what the thing is. So it's just kind of this fun holiday. Uh, how do we make this yeah. interesting for everybody? Yeah, yeah, is, that, yeah. is that correct? You, you, you nailed it. Um, okay, you're cool. sort of going to know what some of the prizes are, uh, and, and again, I'll get into the different prizes. Um, so uh, I noticed that uh, um, Zen Ginger, or I'm sorry, Maria, they're they're all they're both awesome. So I got so, so similar. Yeah, <laughs> awesome, awesome mods. So let me grab this link real quick here. Uh, this is for the spreadsheet, and this has got a ton of information on there. You can go take a look at this. You can see the channels that are signed up. I suggest that you go subscribe to all those channels so that you know. Uh, when their live stream comes up, that's up to you. Um, but you'll also see all the gifts. And I want to talk about some of the gifts that were given to us, too, um, especially some of the companies that have come forward and done a great job. Sorry, this is taking a second to load here. There we go. OK, uh, so here's the spread list, we call it. And uh, you can take a look there. Anybody, you know, it's it's publicly viewable. Uh, and that's also our. Um, our transparency, it's to show that uh, if you donate, and I'm not asking for any do any more donations, we've got a ton. If you feel like donating, fine, but we've, we've got plenty right now. Um, but if you've donated, you can go look there and say, okay, I donated on, I started wait this way back in June, on June 21st, and I donated $100. Well, here's my initials and my, that way you can tell that your donation has been counted. Mm -hmm. Uh, just a little bit of transparency so everybody knows. I'm trying to scroll on this, but these these gloves make it very difficult to scroll with them. <laughs> You've so got the to, gloves and everything. I'm All trying right. to scroll. Jazz hands. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So real quick, I want to talk about the, 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 the prizes and stuff that we've gotten. So right now we're sitting on uh, $8,610. I got to scroll back up. It's so hard. So is that, did I just show the right thing for you there? 
Yes, that's if you're a channel. That's if you're oh, a channel. Okay. Yep. Okay. There's no sign up needed for uh, to win the prizes. There's no sign up. You just have to watch the streams. So you know this is if you're a channel and you want Evil Santa to come on and give away something from the sack of toys. This is where you would go to sign up. Yes. Cool. All right. And I I forgot. I'm not a mod. I'm I'm so used to put. Uh, I dropped that link in there. Um, oh, would you, know you just email it to uh, me or to Marie Z to Maria or to Bob or? Me or one of the mods, and uh, let me know who you sent it to. If I'll send it to you because I've got your email open right here from okay. when we were talking earlier. Okay. Oh, could you send it to one of the, the mods, actually? Um, okay. I'm not allowed to open my email while I'm live streaming because gotcha. every now and then I accidentally share stuff I shouldn't when I do that. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I just and and that you good. mean that in a very wholesome way. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I do. More wholesome than evil Santa. Yes. <laughs> All right. Like, um, I, I don't want to accidentally share someone's contact information or something. Yeah, like I get you. All right, Maria, I'm sending it to your email. Hopefully you can get to that um, right now. But that's that's important. Um, that's oh, there. Bob's already already posted. Bob already got it. Thank you, Bob. Cool. Um that spreadsheets, you know, it's the backbone of the whole thing. It really, uh, it it's our, it's just everything. It it shows what channels have signed up. It shows the gifts. Um, you know, it's, it's just all the information. It's it's the most important part of it. Um, real quick though, uh, just some of I want to go over just some of the big gifts that we got. And again, there's eight thousand six hundred and ten dollars to split over. Uh, I think it says thirty eight, but there's actually thirty nine channels, including Dan. Dan would like to sign up as well, so Dan will be involved. Um, so we've got 39 channels that have signed up and we're going to that. So that actually means we have $8,710 to split amongst those 39 channels right now. There's only two weeks left too. the uh, donations and signups go to the end of November. That's it. We cut it off because I need all that time to correlate everything. And, you know, yeah, Santa doesn't have all those elves, you know. It's, uh, that's not that's bad. Not like eight grand over 30 something channels. That's going to it's going to rain hard on these yes. channels. That's good. Yes, it's huge. And and a big, big thank you to the Aquarium Co-op, uh, because Corey has donated one hundred dollars per channel that signs up up to a certain limit, up to a certain limit. But a um, hundred dollars per channel that he donated uh, that uh, that's just you know, that's it's way more than I was expecting. That's it's just huge. Um uh, uh, KG Tropicals, they have given us five $100 gift cards to their keepfishkeeping.com. Um, Bulk Reef Supply has given us a, a really nice $250 RODI unit. They also mm -hmm. gave us a titanium heater with an inkburn controller. Um, let's see. Uh, <laughs> Peplin and Foxy, you, you guys all know those guys. They've got a Get Gill store, and they're going to give us uh, two of the kits for their crazy mystery snail lady. Um uh, thing. It's really cool. It's 14 mystery snails with a bunch of stuff to go with it. It's the um, best name for a package ever. It is. And I, crazy I mystery snail lady. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or I, it's not mystery snails, just crazy snail lady. That's crazy snail lady. Even yeah. better. Even better. <laughs> um, I think I got all the big ones. A API is donating to us. Um, I talked about KG Tropicals. Uh, Houston Manzanita is, is donating. Uh, KJE Aquatics, a um, little bit smaller channel, but a lot of people probably know him. He's a, he's a fellow New Yorker. He's donating two $50 uh, bundles of Dr. Basilier's fish food. Oh, cool. um, we've got, you know, 
punchy paints. Pam's in here. She she said she would donate uh, some original art. And same with Priscilla, uh, Swiss Aquatic. She she also is going to donate some original art. Our friend Myrtle, who is a composer, for those of you that don't know, and a very talented young man, is going to donate an original piece of, of music that you can use in any of your stuff, you know, on YouTube or wherever. You just have to, uh, you know, give him credit for it when you place it. But he's going to let you use it in perpetuity. It's basically yours. Um, Joe Shrimp Shack, he's given us an all-in-one tank, uh, a $50 gift card to his store, and some fertilizers as well. Um, and there's a bunch of other stuff on there, too. There's a lot of um, single people. Single people. I don't know if they're single or not, but there's just <laughs> regular Fish Fam members <laughs> who have uh, donated little bits here and there, some bigger than others, but it's all it's all come together. Um, so, again, um, we're going to split this evenly between all the channels and uh, whatever that total is at the end. That's what the giveaway will be. Uh, I think I covered everything already. Oh, um, Christmas Day. We're going to do a 24 hour live stream uh, starting, you know, Christmas morning at 1201, right after midnight, all the way through Christmas Day. There'll be a, a live stream running. Um, won't always be people there, I imagine, up on the panel because I won't be there 24 hours. But um, we're going to keep it running that whole period. So if somebody's alone on Christmas Day, come hang out with us and, and don't be alone. Uh, and I think other people are going to join in and do like Christmas Eve and maybe the day after Christmas and just so people aren't alone over that holiday part, uh, you can come hang out with us. I think that's awesome. Is that is the host channel um, Rico Stan or is yeah. is that being hosted? for that that's for that one? Yeah, for the twenty four hours stream. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to do that on mine just to uh, just to give back. Um, I, I I think I covered. it. Was there any real, real quick questions? I mean, Santa at RicoStan.com. If you've got uh, questions, you know, send them over there. Um, if you've got concerns. Send them over there. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm very transparent about the whole thing and, you know, where everything coming in and everything going out. Um, Dan, did I, you have any questions? Uh, did I, you think no, I, I think it's exciting. I just think it's a, it sounds like a super fun thing to do. Um, and thanks for putting it together, man. I can't wait to see what happens. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. Uh, and then real quick as well, there, there's another thing that goes hand in hand with this, but it's a separate project. It's the Secret Santa. We all know what a Secret Santa is. Uh, Jess from Mains Tail Fur and Fins is running the Secret Santa. And if you hit her up at the Aquatic Morning Show at gmail.com, let her know that you're interested in Secret Santa. It's a $50 maximum. Um, you know, you don't have to $50. You can get some uh, Amazon or um, get some Dan's Fish merch. You know, uh, anything like that would be a great gift. Uh, but please hit her up. Uh, theaquaticmorningshow.com and uh, sign up for the Secret Santa. Yeah, Mystery Snail Guardians. You know what? I'm sorry. Mystery Snail Guardians is in the chat and I overlooked her. She gave us four of her Mystery Snail Guardian kits for this as well from Crayfish Empire. They're very cool kits. Uh, very awesome kits. If you've got snails or shrimp, my shrimp love them too. Uh, they're, they're great for you. Um, but yeah, the, the Secret Santa is also a very cool thing and, and it's not... They're not related, but we're working together and, and we're going to have fun with that. So uh, hit up um, Jess at the aquatic morning And I think cool. that's it. Hey, well, Evil Santa, thanks for being here. Thanks for doing that. Um, and we'll see you at some point randomly during the giveaway. Yeah. And we'll talk some more, too. I'll give you some more details and stuff. OK, cool. Thanks, Dan. All right. You're welcome. I'm going to mute you and change it over here. I'm going to drop out. So, OK.
All right. So give me just half a shake here, guys. I'm going to take my headphones off and stuff now that uh, now that Rico's gone. Okay, I think we're back. Hopefully everyone can still hear me. Random arms, am I good? Can you yeah. still hear me? Yeah? Okay, cool. Can you open another window to be able to see chat? Highlight or something? If you open a a video on the side, just like I do, ICGG, you probably will see it. So I see the chat here. We're, we're fixing something to try to uh, make it so I can see highlighted comments for me. Just open a browser tab to YouTube and watch your own stream. Oh, will it suck too much bandwidth up, though? You don't think so? Okay, we're going to try something here, guys. Hang on real quick. Okay, I'm going to try to bring up my stream. Just go to my own stream here, mute it, and live chat. Live chat. Oh, it is. Wait, wait. It is highlighting. Awesome. Does it highlight here? No. Okay. I got it. I see what we're doing. As long as that's not killing people, let me know, would you, if, uh, if we get laggy or something, um, then I can fix that. But right now we've got a system up here where I can still see the uh, the highlighted chat. So that's good. All right. So hopefully everyone's excited about that. I, I am. I think that's a cool thing. I mean, just to randomly have stuff given away on streams and you don't know when or what it's going to be. I, I don't know. I think it sounds exciting. So I think that's cool that Rico's doing that. And I mean, I had to call him Evil Santa. <laughs> it just fits. <laughs> Okay, so a couple more things that I'd like to do here before we get to your questions and comments. Okay, it looks like the audio and video are still good. Okay, good. Thank you, thank you for letting me know. The first is, um, so we're trying to get a better understanding of what our fish go through when we ship them. And we're, for years, we've been using heat packs when it's cold and assuming that since the fish get there alive that things are going okay during their travel. But we wanted to find a way to actually know what the temperatures in the box are while the fish is in transit. How cold does it get? How hot does it get? Uh, what can we do to adjust and make their trip more comfortable? That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to upgrade fish that are being transported from like the prison car in the old timey train crossing the desert to like, you know, first class on a nice airplane. That's, that's what we're trying to do make their trip as comfortable as possible so we got some temperature recording units and we have a couple data points that we can show you we'll keep doing this um, these are the first two that we've received back so i'm going to share these with you and show you what the fish actually go through during transit okay trying to share the screen there we go. Okay. So here is the first one. Let's see. That gets, that's about as big as we can make it, I think. So the top is temperature in Fahrenheit. The bottom is humidity, and we don't care as much about humidity. Um, so this 1600, that's 4 o'clock p.m. my time. You can see right about here is where it was put in, 
Um, the box was closed up and taken to, to UPS. So we're at about 76 degrees or so. And then around eight o'clock, right around here, it spikes up, but it doesn't go too high up. I don't know what this would be exactly, but we're, we're less than 80 degrees here. So keep in mind, this whole spread here is 80 degrees down to 74 degrees. So this is only six degree spread. So it's fairly consistent, but this is it going to Billings. This is it getting off the plane in Billings, I believe, and getting cooler. And then this is it going back onto a plane or inside being transported over to um, Louisville and then getting off in Louisville, being in a warehouse, getting on a truck, traveling. And then right here at the end is where you see it, right where it spikes up. This is where it was delivered. And that spike is it was brought inside, um, inside someone's house. So as soon as it goes into the house, it gets, uh, it gets warm pretty quick because we're putting enough heat packs in so that um, the boxes will stay during the cold weather outdoors. So do keep that in mind. Um, if you get the, the box and you take it inside, it's going to get pretty darn hot, pretty darn fast. So if you can't take the fish out right away or anything, if you could open the box and take out the heat packs, if it's indoors, uh, just flip the top over so the heat packs are up instead of cooking the box, that would be that would be helpful. But we were pleased to see that we started at 76 degrees, we got up to 80 degrees, and then we dropped down to 74. So the fish were pretty comfortable the whole time. We have another data point here. Will it let me? No, because I'm, hang on, I've got to, how do I go back? Okay, just a second. Let me see if I can find it. Full screen. Usually it lets me, there it is. Okay, so here's another data point. This one is not as good, so we learned some stuff from this one. It's pretty good, but not as good. Oh, I can go even bigger. That's better. Cool. So this one, maximum was 79 degrees. Minimum was just under 68 degrees. So it got a little cooler than we would want. This went to someone much cooler. And... Um, but still, we're seeing here that we're pretty much within tolerable limits. Um, I don't want them to get below 70 degrees, and I don't want them to get hotter than 80 degrees is kind of what I want to stick at. But this is barely below where we want to be and right up where we want to be on the top part. So it's still okay, but what we learned from this is the highs and the lows that the fish go through. We, we average here about 73 degrees during the trip. We get above that a bit and below that a bit. So this isn't too bad. The fish aren't, you know, freezing and frying um, for these two boxes. Although I would say that this one was more successful because the high was 80 and the low was 74. So anyway, that's what we're tracking. We've, we only have two... Um, two graphs right now because we've only been able to go through the full cycle of mailing these temperature recording devices and having them return to us twice. But we are going to keep uh, collecting that data and hopefully that'll make us better at shipping fish. Hopefully with that data, we can 
we can get an even better sense of how things are going and make fine adjustments as we go and make the, the fish even uh, more comfortable as they as they travel. Now, if you all saw Stephen P. 2003 Aquartics or not Stefan's uh, stream where he, he did an unboxing, his box got hot. His box got 84 degrees. And it's tricky because not Stefan lives down in um, Louisiana and the low at his location was, I believe, in the 40s and the high was like upper 70s, if I remember right. And then here and in Billings and in Louisville, where, which is the route the box takes, it was down in freezing temperatures. And so we had to put some heat in there so it would be OK until it got to his neck of the woods. And then <laughs> hope we didn't put too much heat in there so it overheated when it got to him. The other thing that's tricky about uh, Stephen 2003, Stephen P 2003 is he always gets his deliveries late in the day. He's like the last one on the route to get the delivery. So that was tricky. Um, we had to do our best with that. And I think I screwed up a little bit. I, I put in two small heat packs thinking that that would be the right move. But they got there a little warm. 84 degrees is warmer than we want. That's on the edge of the warm tolerance, right? We don't want it to get higher than 80. So what I should have done, one way you can tamp down the heat a little bit is if you take the heat packs and wrap them in a couple layers of newspaper before you put them in the box instead of just one layer of paper, which is what we usually use with like a lunch sack, um, then that decreases the uh, the rate of oxygen exchange to the heat pack and it'll still cook, it'll still burn and create heat, but it won't do it as intensely. So now that I have that feedback, I know next time I ship in these conditions to um, not Stefan, that I need to put in the same heat packs, but probably wrap them in paper so they don't cook as hot, even though they're still cooking. Because I have to have them cooking like in order to get to him in order to get to the warmth of Louisiana. And then after that, not cooking as hot as they were. So I'm interested to see what the lows were and all that. Um, Steven says, yeah, it's easily a 30 degree swing every day. Yeah, in the winter, cool at night and warm in the day down in Louisiana. Yep. So that's what we're working on though. So instead of just guessing, we're getting actual data so we can make informed decisions. Um, it's been pretty good though. Like our, our arrive, a live rate is, is really good. Um, sorry to anyone who has had losses. That's statistically going to happen. But but I think that this is one of the steps we can take to make our, our stuff even better. So thanks to everyone who's participated in that. If you're willing to participate in that, it's super simple. We will simply put a, a tiny little, it's an inch and a half by an inch and a half by half an inch. It weighs almost nothing. Little temperature gauge in the box when we send you the fish and we'll put it in a self-addressed um, padded envelope. So all you have to do when you get the box is take that envelope out, take it to your local U USPS office and drop it off and mail it back to us. It's already paid for, already, already ready to go. Um, and I know that's annoying, but our postmaster has told us that that can't be just put in a mailbox, that it actually has to be delivered to a USPS um, 
office because it's apparently too big, that little padded envelope to go in someone's mailbox. Now, I'll leave that up to you, <laughs> but the instructions we'll give you are to take it to the your local post office for, for mail. So there is that little hiccup just because our postmaster told us that's what has to happen. But if you're willing to do that, um, if you place an order, then if you would um, just leave a note that says, hey, I'll be a temperature tester or a temp tester or whatever, then if we have a unit free, we only have two of these units. Um, so if we happen to have a unit free when we send your box, then we'll slide one in and uh, greatly appreciate it if you would take it to your post office to mail back so we can get even more data. So that's kind of what we're doing to try to make this better. Not that it's bad, but I think we can make it even better. And anyone that would be willing to uh, participate in that, we'd appreciate it. Um, all right. So one thing I do want to plug real quick is I got a new T-shirt. Can you see it? Kind of over the screen. So this is the Michiana Aquarium Society. Um, so this is a society that's been around for a long time. They've been going since the 60s. They've helped a lot of people for a lot of years. And oh, let's see how I can share this. Hang on. Everything's different because I'm using StreamYard today. Okay. So here's their website. So if you're in the Michiana area, then um, check them out. You go, oh, just mass fish. That's easy. I'm going to put that in here. Um, that's the link right there, but they have the killifish carnival, which I'm really excited about because I'm a killifish nerd. So if you like killifish, this thing is a big deal every year. Um, it's like it's in May and then they have a monthly meeting. There you go. So this is when they're meeting. If you want to join up and, uh, go meet some other fish nerds and get some advice some, from some uh, stodgy old fish keepers that have been doing it forever and really know their stuff. There's nothing better than a club for doing that. I love clubs. Um, that's how I cut my teeth. As I started keeping fish, I went to a lot of club meetings, and there was a lot of people that went out of their way to help me out, um, giving me advice, letting me come see their breeding setups, explaining how to do something, sometimes just right up giving me fish to try um, all kinds of helpful people. So fish clubs, I think are a backbone of this hobby. And if you have one near you, if you're in the Michiana area or another area with the club, I'd highly recommend going to a meeting. Um, they're all volunteer clubs. So keep that in mind. Um, instead of complaining, step up and help out. That's what you do with volunteer clubs. <laughs> so <laughs> one thing I always hated when I worked at nonprofits was when people would, uh, when I was volunteering my time is when people would complain. I'd always be like, that's a great idea. Why don't you uh, create a plan and bring it back? And, uh, and we'll support you if you want to make that happen. And they, they never would. All they wanted to do, to do was complain. They didn't actually want to do the work to make the difference. So um, if you go to a club and things aren't perfect, step up and help out. That's, that's what I say. Anyway, thanks, uh, Michiana for the t-shirt. I think it's awesome. It's got a killifish on it. So, you know, it's awesome. <laughs> All right. Skipping ahead. We already did evil Santa. Um, oh, the giveaway. So evil Santa was going to announce this, but, uh, we 
got too excited about what was going on and forgot to. There, the giveaway for today is twofold. Um, Rico Stan, who is Evil Santa, will be giving away a T-shirt. Uh, if you haven't seen Rico Stan's T-shirts, they're pretty cool. They look, they remind me of like a Jerry Garcia poster or, or something to do with Bob Marley. Let me see if I can bring one up real quick. Real quick. Rico Stan T-shirt. I don't know if one will pop up. It says Pakistan. No, no, I don't. Oh, yeah, here we go. Here we go. Here's a Rico Stan T-shirt. And there are a lot of steps to sharing a screen when you're in StreamYard. There we go. So right here. That's what it looks like. Pretty cool. That's the Rico Stan T-shirt. Anyway, um, oh, I have to do another step. There we are. This is the Rico Stan T-shirt right here. I think it's pretty cool. I think it's pretty darn cool. Um, anyway, he'll be giving away one of those, and I will be doing a giveaway for free shipping. So shipping tends to be the largest um, barrier to entry, I think, for most people purchasing fish online. It's just an extra cost. I get it. I know it's no fun. So Rico will give you a T-shirt. I'll give you free shipping on any size order that you do. Uh, at dancefish.com. So if you win the giveaway tonight, then you'll be entered to win. Then you'll get, it's a package deal. You'll get a t-shirt and I'll send you a code for free shipping. If if you are not going to place an order, that's fine. You can give it to someone. Just give them the code. Whoever enters that code at checkout will get the free shipping. So you can use it or you can give it to someone who can use it. Totally your discretion. Um, no problem with me at all. And the hashtag, oh, i got to do this whole share sequence again. Let me just tell you, it is hashtag Evil Santa. Hashtag E-V-I-L-S-A-N-T-A. Evil Santa, all one word. Don't worry about caps or anything. No spaces. <laughs> hashtag Evil Santa to enter the giveaway. All right. Two other things, items of business we need to cover, and then we'll get to your questions and comments. Um, the... First is holiday shipping. So things are about to get a little crazy um, around Thanksgiving. So we will ship the week of Thanksgiving, but we're only going to ship Monday. So next week, the only day we're going to ship out is Monday. That's because if there is a delay, we don't want it to get caught over the Thanksgiving holiday and not move and get delivered to you because the fish will get, you know, too cold and it won't, it won't be good. So... Um, in order to prevent that, we're only shipping Monday because that'll give us a couple days for the fish to get to you in case there was a delay and they didn't arrive Tuesday, they'd still get to you on Wednesday, which we pack them for the long haul. That'll be fine in most cases. So that's how we're doing it for Thanksgiving for Christmas. We tend to stop shipping, and we'll resume shipping the week after Thanksgiving. Um, for Christmas, we're going to stop shipping probably after the 6th. We'll probably ship December 6th. Um, we might ship the 8th as well, but after that, we're definitely not shipping again. The week before Christmas, um, in the week before the week before Christmas, it just gets crazy. So the week of the 13th um, or the 12th, the 19th, the 26th, those last three weeks, <laughs> three weeks, folks, 
<laughs> I can count to potato. <laughs> Those last three weeks of December, we don't plan on shipping because um, things get nuts and there's a higher likelihood that there would be a problem, that the fish would get delayed and the weather's so cold that that could be an issue if they get delayed during that time and it's likely they will. So we'll ship next week on Monday and then we won't ship again until after Thanksgiving and then we'll keep shipping the first week of December um, and the second week of December, but not those last about two and a half weeks of December. And then we'll resume shipping again after New Year's. So just want to get that out there. So if anyone's planning on ordering, you have that schedule in mind so that you know. Uh, so you don't order expecting something for Christmas, let's say, um, and, and have me say, sorry, I can't do that. Like, I don't want to ruin anyone's Christmas. <laughs> that's the goal. Don't ruin Christmas. That's that's where I'm at. That's the level I'm at. I'm just trying not to ruin people's lives. <laughs> that's the shipping schedule. Okay. Then we have some exciting things to show you. Oh, I've got to go back to the screen sharing thing. What a pain in the patootie. I mean, I do like the StreamYard. It makes it easy to have a guest on, but geez, the rest of this. Okay. So menu, um, let's see here, sortable fish stock. Here we go. So we recently listed a few fish on the website. So I wanted to show them to you real quick. There's not many, but they're pretty special. This one is super special. This is the zebra acara, which is hardly ever seen. It's, it's a very rare fish in the hobby. It's awesome. Um, these came from a hobbyist that I met in Portland while I was there. Um, he breeds them and he has another friend that breeds them. So his friend is where I got these from. This is a picture of the, the dad of the fish that you'll be getting. And then uh, like just so beautiful. Here's the mom of the fish that you'll be getting. And then here's the juveniles I'm selling. And they're, they're decent size. They're over an inch. Um, they're just about to sex out and things, I would say. In fact, if I knew more about them, I could probably already sex them. Someone who keeps them regularly could probably already do it. But we took these pics today. Oh, cute little face. And then those are the adults. So I am really excited to have those. That's been a fish that I've been wanting for a long, long time. And finally found uh, some folks that breed them so I can I can bring some in. So those are hobbyist bred right here in the USA. Um, this is a very exciting fish. This is Melanotania from Cali Clawar. This is brand new. Um, I believe this is probably the first time any kind of fish store has brought them into the United States. These are, are brand spanking new. I, I don't think you'll be able to find them anywhere else. They're so new that I don't know a lot to say about them because I don't know that much about them, but they're doing great. We haven't had any problems with them whatsoever. Um, when they're four inches or so, full grown, four or five inches is my guess, but we don't know how big they get because, uh, again, they're brand new. But my guess is four or five inches. That's pretty typical of Melanotania species. Um, I don't know what their colors will be like, but they're already starting to get some nice color. So brand new rainbow fish, so new that I don't know anything about it. And I don't know many people that do because no one's been able to keep them long term yet. They were only discovered a few years ago. Then this one 
is Kali Lumpur. They haven't started to show any color yet. I'm sorry. They just look like silver fish right now. These were discovered in 2019. Um, Gary Lang was on that trip when they were discovered. Johannes Graf, some other um, really well-known rainbow fish people. And um, again, I think this is the first time that these have been brought in the United States uh, by a fish store. Um, some hobbyists might have some. I don't know if Gary Lang brought some back or not, but uh, they're, they're hard to get. So I'm happy to have them. Now, I want to talk about one thing about these. Some of them came in really chesty. See, see how the chest here is like so big. Now, I don't know enough about this fish because they're brand new to know if that's normal. As rainbows mature, sometimes they get deep bodies um, or not. So I, I asked and Johannes Graf said that when he collected them in the wild, he did not remember this. So we kept them for extra quarantine. We've had them for over a month now just to make sure that this wasn't an issue. And it doesn't seem to be. Um, this one, you can see it a little bit. This one, it's more pronounced. But we haven't had any losses. They're all acting completely normally. So I think they're healthy. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and list them for sale. It just was odd to me. Like, usually, you don't see that on a rainbow fish. Or if you do, you don't see it till later. And they get it on the top, too. The males get that rainbow fish shape. So it seemed odd to me. So we, we kept them an extra few weeks just to make sure they're okay. As far as I can tell, they're okay. But if you did order them and you did have a problem, uh, please let me know. Again, they're a brand new fish. So I don't know enough about them to say anything besides, well, they look a little odd, but they're acting totally normal. Um, my guess is, here's my hunch. I think that when they were raised, they were probably fed some high protein foods because that can make fish chesty. Um, I've seen it in guppies. I've seen it in some other species. So what we've done is we put them on a diet and we've only been feeding them every other day for the last few weeks, um, in switching vegetables, one, one feeding, they get some vegetables like, uh, spirulina flake or, um, algae wafers, stuff like that. Then they skip a day. Then the next feeding, they get high protein foods like a massive or pellet or some frozen blood worms or something like that. They skip a day and they get veggies again. So we've been going back and forth and just feeding them every other day. Um, in case they were fed too high a protein diet uh, to help kind of mitigate that. Now, I don't know that for sure. I'm, I have no way of knowing why they're shaped that way. I just know that they are shaped that way. And I have no idea if it's bad or good or indifferent. I, again, though, Johannes Graf said, they, they weren't like that when he collected them in the wild. So something might have happened while they were being raised, fed too much protein or something to, to make them bulk up too much. But anyway, oh, those are only two of the fish. I didn't show the other ones. I'll have to do the share screen again. So a couple more. It's weird streaming on StreamYard. It's just a totally different experience. Like I can't tell how many people are here. There's like my normal studio is all different. Um, Okay, so that was the Kelly Lumpur. Then these, okay, so we're on a mission to fix guppies. I don't know if, if you know this or not, but it depends on how long you've been in the hobby. But the time was that you could get guppies and they were tough as nails. Like you couldn't kill them. They were just super hardy fish. Then as the supply chain 
changed. And now most of them are being sourced offshore instead of being bred here locally in the United States. Um, that changed. Now guppies are sometimes straight up difficult to keep alive. They're not nearly as hardy as they were. This has been a problem for quite some time. So we're trying to change that. Um, we're, we're doing that by working with an aquatic veterinarian to help identify what's going on with the guppies that we bring in from overseas and figure out the best processes and procedures to make them hardy before we sell them. Now we do this with all of our fish, but guppies are a special case. So all the fish that we just listed, we've had for over a month. We've been taking really good care of these guys. We've worked with an aquatic veterinarian to get workups done. Um, we did find some problems early on. They've been treated for that and they've had several weeks to recover and uh, get, get, get healthy. And so we've been keeping them, treating them and, and doing our best to make it so that when you get these, they will be healthy. Now, we think we've done it based on what we're seeing and what our veterinarian has seen. We think we know what's going on and that we figured it out. Um, we do have some that we sent to a laboratory for um, uh, histiopathologies, and we haven't got those results back. Those results take several weeks. But as far as the vets work up and what we're seeing, we, I think that we're good to go. So we're going to release these for sale. Um, this is, again, a new project for us. This is our first time trying these procedures. It, it, everything appears to be like, yes, we've, we've at least fixed a major part of the issues. And we're going to keep fine-tuning it, but we think we're, we're, we're on the right track. So these are listed for sale now. Um, I think they're going to be rock solid for you. I really do. But if they're not, I need to know that. Because if there's something else that we need to fix, we're early in this, this process of trying to figure out what's going on with guppies um, from overseas. And so we would appreciate any feedback. If, if you get some and they do poorly, if you would please email me, dan at dancefish.com. First of all, I'll take care of you. Um, but second, I want to know so that I, I can understand if, hey, oops, there's something we missed, or we need to take a little more time before we release them, or we need to figure out some other procedure. But they're looking great. Um, the albino platinum guppies are awesome. These guys have been actually rock solid from the beginning. This batch came in looking good and um, like really hardy batch. The full red albinos, they were pretty hardy too, but they did take a, a, a what, a week, I think, before they really settled in, most of them did pretty good, but I was, I was a little concerned about them for about a week, but for three weeks now or so, they've been doing really, really well. So I think they're fine. These are neat. The blue snakeskin endlers, see that snakeskin pattern on the body? Um, these have been doing well for us, as have the orange endlers. Now, I also want to say I didn't make up these common names. I'm not sure why this is called an orange endler. It has some orange on it, but to me, an orange endler would be like bright orange. But this is the name, so I'm just passing it on. It's the problem with commercial names. 
And then the leopard endlers, these guys have been pretty rock solid from the beginning as well. So that's what's going on as far as our mission to um, try to figure out how to make guppies work again. <laughs> Can you say make guppies great again or does that get political? Probably can't say that. But um, that's where we're at. That's what we're trying to do. And I think we're there, but we need your feedback to know for sure. Okay, that was a lot of business for today. So now it's time to get to your questions and comments. Sorry that took so long. And I'm going to move this over here. Take that down. Make it so I can see stuff. Okay, I'm going to scroll up as far as I can in my live chat here and grab a question or a comment. We've got about, oh, 40 minutes to chat amongst ourselves. Skipper's Aquariums, to ask a question type at DanceFish so it highlights for him. Yes, that is most appreciated. And let me take a minute to thank Skipper's Aquariums and my other moderators, Kayla's Aquatics and Exotics. I saw um, Punchy Paints in here, Maria Z's in here, Random Arms is in here. And uh, if I missed anyone, I apologize, but that's who I see right here with a quick little, little scroll. Thanks for being here, mods, and doing what you do. Fly in, Jawayan. <laughs> Any new plecos? Um, I am about to release. Oh, in fact, I could do it right now. Well, I've got to count them. I can't remember how many we have. Um, yes, L262s will be released soon. So we have some L262s to release. I'm trying to bring in more mini snowballs, the L471. I'm trying to be bring in more ocelots, the L174. And I'm trying to bring in some opals, um, but we're not going to be able to do that probably until right after the new year is what I'm thinking. But I have a, a my, my Pleco breeder recently got some opals in stock and I was like, oh, yes, but um, I, I've got a, the problem with having a small facility is you have to clear out a lot of tank space before you have room to do a large import. So I've got to clear out some more tank space before I can do that import, which is killing me. Because he's got some fish I really want. There's some new rainbow fish he has that I really want as well. One of which I've been wanting for ooh, a couple years. Finally has some available, but got to wait till I have tank space. The warehouse is going to fix that in a large way. Right now we have to sell over half the fish we have in stock before you have enough tank space to do an order, a big import like that. Um, when we get to the warehouse, we'll only have to sell, it looks like 12 to 15% before we have room to do that, which means we'll probably be able to order once every week or every two weeks, something like that at the beginning. So yeah, I can't wait. Visine, what fish are in the tank behind you? So these are the gold roseline barbs. Um, also called denison barbs, also called roseline sharks. And they're, they're just the gold form of that fish. Sahayadra denisoni is the scientific name. Beautiful fish out of India. And um, I, I know a guy that has developed a gold form. And so I'm able to get some from him. And I'm hoping I can get more soon. Uh, we'll see. They're really hard to get. There's very little supply, very high demand. It's like Corridor's Equus. Um, everyone wants them. So it's hard to get them because <laughs> there's just not that many people breeding them. Crowntail Half Moon, can you share where you would recommend 
where you would recommend drilled glass tanks, floor base, side or back? Oh, where on the tank? What hole diameter? And could you recommend a drill hole bit? Thank you. Marie Z says she loves her Calia Wallum. Yes, I like them too. And I've got a very nice batch right now. If anyone wants a beautiful blue rainbow fish, Calia Wallum is fantastic. We've got quite a few right now. They're nice size and doing well. Anyway, Crown Tail Half Moon, let me share with you. So when I first started drilling tanks, I, I went to Gemco and I got a super fancy drill bit. I think it was like 85, 90 bucks. The kind that's, uh, is it, I forget what it's called, sintered, I think is what it's called. It's got diamond embedded all through it. So you use it several times and then you use a like sharpening stone and you sharpen it and then you can use it again. It's It's got a very thin curve. So it's supposed to be easier. I use that. I had lots of problems. So now what I use is a simple masonry bit from Home Depot. Let me show you the one I use. They're a lot less expensive. You can do 10 to 12, let's say, holes before it wears out. I guess I have to call a masonry hole saw is probably what I have to do. I'm trying to find it here for you so I can show you the actual thing. Masonry hole saw, is that it? Oh, come on. Maybe it's called a tile saw. I'm trying. Tile saw? It's here. Let's see if I can find one here. They're like 12 bucks each or something. I can't really find it. Diamond hole saw. Maybe that's what it's called. Hang on, I'm looking here. Ooh, I'm going to try one more and then I'll have to stop. Just because I can't take all day doing this. That'll make for a boring, boring stream. Here we go. I think this is it. Yeah. That's one of them. This should work. Okay, here's one. Okay, let's see here. I gotta go to StreamYard. I have to share the screen, I have to click that, and I have to click that, share. Okay, so this is what it is, something like this from Home Depot. This is the kit, so it, it's a little more, but if I remember right, I think when I bought them, I got them for about 12 to 15 bucks each um, in a different configuration. But it's the same kind of thing. I've used this one as well. That's what works best for me is these little cheap or cheaper. I mean, 25 bucks isn't that cheap, but cheaper hole saws from Home Depot. All right. That, that looks like what they have for me to find real quick. I, there's an, a, a different one I actually use. But hopefully that helps you. Did it just start buffering on me with my while I'm scratching my neck? Did we just die here? It's here. Huh, I don't know. Looks like it's buffering. 
Yeah, it's stuck, isn't it? Uh oh. Am I back? Am I back? Yes. Okay. Sorry, guys. Oh, no, no, no. See, if I was on YouTube, I could check the stream health really easily and know what I was doing. Let's see here. Okay. I think we're back. Hopefully, we're back. I'm just going to keep plugging away. Reels tanks. The Cali looks full of eggs. Yeah. It's a little forward in the body, though, to be full of eggs. That's like right up here in the chest. Uh, the eggs would be down in the belly some more. But yeah, I hear you. It's definitely, definitely plump. Sammy D3, Endler's affected by this as well. Yeah, yeah. I think the Endler's are affected by it as well. Yes. Um, I mean, we have less of a track record with Endler's because they've only really been um, on the scene for, I don't know, 15, 20 years, let's say, something like that. Whereas guppies have been on the scene for decades. Guppies are the most popular aquarium fish in the world. Um, you know, we have a long history with them. So anglers, it's a little maybe harder to judge. But yeah, I would say that, definitely. I think people really struggle with guppies these days and with endlers as well. I think endlers might be a little hardier, though. Maria Z, type at Dance Fish, so it highlights for him. Yes, indeed. That would be most appreciated. Thank you so much, Alexander. I appreciate it. All right. Did we just get back? I hope we did. StreamYard. I got kicked off. Oh, man. 
we might end this sucker early tonight because I think we'll do the giveaway and then see if we can still go. Yep. Am I here? I'm back. Okay, good. Sorry, guys. We've had some crazy windstorms here, um, like 92 out. 92 mile an hour winds uh, in the town that's like 20, 30 minutes south of us. Um, we got up to the 60s and 70 mile an hour winds. And I think that might have done something to the internet. So sorry about that. Let's let's do this. Let's do the giveaway real quick, just in case the internet totally craps out on us. And uh, so we don't, so we can at least get that done. And then I'll get through and answer some more questions and comments. And we'll hope that the internet stays decent, um, even with all the wind that's been going on. So let's do this. The winner of a Rico Stan t-shirt and free shipping for Dan's Fish is Mike Black. Mike Black, welcome. You've been subscribed since April 2nd, 2019. That's awesome, Mike. Thanks for your support. Thanks for being a subscriber. And you've got a couple minutes to chime in. Let us know you're here. Uh, about two minutes, and then we'll get that giveaway given away. <laughs> All right, where were we? Sorry, guys, internet's uh, rough in town right now. Wind like I've never seen. It was crazy. Like 92 miles an hour, just down the street from us, basically. Okay, Donald Drew, do the guppies need a high pH? So, Guppies are super adaptable. They tend to, I, I think that they tend to be um, easier to acclimate in water that is uh, harder and perhaps has some salt content to it. But back in the day, you could keep guppies in anything, soft water, hard water, whatever, and didn't have issues. So um, I don't think generally, like, if you look where guppies come from in the wild, they come from like every habitat imaginable from brackish water to really soft, fresh water, everything in between stagnant ponds, slow moving streams, uh, little lagoons and bayous, like all, all kinds of habitats. They're highly, highly adaptable. But I would say if you're trying to keep some of the fancy guppies now that can be a little delicate, then um, yeah, Hard water, um, maybe some salt in the water will be helpful, especially at first. Aquaballs, we can always make guppies great again. <laughs> it's it's too bad that slogan got so politicized because it's a fun thing to say, but now it's like, now it's divisive. I just got six 10-gallon tanks just to breed guppies. Well, I've got some guppies for you. This is amazing. Look at that serendipity. Rico Stan, sorry for throwing everything out of whack. Oh, no, no worries, Rico. Dan changed everything around to let me come up and talk about the Christmas things. Yeah, we'll 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 get back to it. You were worth it. Evil Santa is totally worth it, and the giveaway will be worth it. But in general, we'll get we'll get back. Yeah, don't don't not your fault, Rico. Stan, that was my decision, and totally worth it. It is throwing me for a little bit of a loop though, like trying to figure the Streamyard thing out. All right, let's see. Did we get a comment from? Yeah, Mike Black is here. Awesome, Mike. You have won then. If you would send me an email to dan at dancefish.com, um, then I will reply with your code for free shipping. You can use that yourself on any order of any size box at dancefish.com. Or if you don't have any plans to order from Dancefish, um, you can give it away to anybody that could use it. 
So feel free to give that code to whoever and a teacher from Rico Stan. So if you email me, dan at dancefish.com, then I'll get you your free shipping code and Rico Stan will I'll, I'll send that to Rico and he can get in touch and get you your, your t-shirt. So congrats. Thanks for playing Mike Black. Appreciate it. Um, Flying Jawayan, would you be able to get other dwarf plecos? Well, we have a lot of plecos right now. Let's see. Let's see what we got. Okay. Oh, yeah. I've got to go back. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've got to do that. And that. And here we are. <laughs> so let's look. Like, what do we have? We've got 173s, 236s, 173Bs, 201s. 450s, 136s, 260s, 264s, 400s, 136Bs. Uh, 600s maybe aren't what you call dwarf. Those guys get 14 inches, 16 inches, something like that. L46s, 236 super whites. These guys get good size too. L3, L333 albinos, L333 regulars, and L66 king tigers. Are you not entertained? Like, can I get more? <laughs> like, what is that? That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. That's like fifteen species of dwarf plecos. I'd say that's okay, right? Am I doing okay? <laughs> but yeah, we'll keep getting more in. We are. We did sell out of the L four seven ones. We did sell out of the L one seven fours. And I do want to get the opals in. Um, so, yeah, we'll keep bringing them in. But, I mean, to me, that seems like a decent selection of plecos for a, a small facility like I have. Crowntail Half Moon, how long would you recommend if a tank wasn't in use, rule of thumb timeline, before you need to reseal it? It was dry and empty pre-COVID. I don't think it's so much a timeline as a how was it treated line. So, um depends on the conditions and everything. I would say, check the silicone. If it's like peeling away, if it's cracked, um, just, just look at the silicone and see if the silicone's healthy. If it is, I would take it outside, fill it up with water, let it sit for a few days, make sure there's no leaks. And then, uh, then I would feel free to use it. Now, big caveat here. <laughs> so I'm not liable for, you know, destroying your home or your apartment or the apartment under you or whatever the situation is. There's always a risk when you fill up a tank, even if it's new, that risk is compounded if you have a used tank. So I'd recommend filling it somewhere and placing it somewhere like in a basement where if it leaked, it's not going to destroy your house out in your garage, something like that. That's just a CYA announcement. Um, but I mean, I've used many, many, many used tanks. And if the silicone's healthy, it's probably okay. But there's never a guarantee, even on a new tank, right? Oh, Zim's Aquatics and Hobbies Dance Warehouse Update. Yes, thank you. I totally forgot about that. So the update is that we're in spray foam mode. So they've been putting in spray foam for a few days now. Um, it's a big building, and we're putting in five and a half inches of spray foam on the walls and the ceiling. So it's a big task. But for the last three days, is that right, Random Arms? Three days? Yes. Um, they've been working in there getting that done. So the walls are pretty well done. I would say maybe one more pass. 
you have to do it in layers, right? You can't put in five and a half inches of spray foam all at once. It won't properly cure. You have to do like an inch, inch and a half, then come back when it's dry, do another inch, inch and a half. It's this gradual process. So I think maybe one more pass on the walls and they'll be done. And then they have to get up in the ceiling. So there's, I don't know, maybe a few more days work to do. And then the spray foam will be done. Um, the HVAC guys have uh, done some work in there um, for their entrances and exits of the uh, ventilation system. Things like that are, are put in place so they can be spray foamed around. Um, we're still waiting on the last roofing material, though, so they won't be able to finalize the spray foam. There were three panels. Um, there's these custom steel panels that the roof is made out of. Three of them were damaged, so that's, uh, I don't know, nine feet of roof that is exposed right now, and they have to get those replaced. They're waiting for them to arrive. Once those arrive, then we'll be able to finalize that bit. So it's coming along, though. It's nice to see the progress um, slower than I want it to be, slower than they told me it would be, but it's still progress. Chris Robertson, my female guppies are dying after giving birth almost 98% of the time. 24 to 30 fry per. Any way to keep them alive? Is it just too hard on them? Chris, the best thing that I can think of, well, okay, there's two things. One is the easy practical thing, and the other is the wouldn't it be nice thing. Um, the easy practical thing is if you have some females and it's a couple of weeks before they're going to give birth, move them to a separate tank um, where they'll be by themselves. Um, give them some cover so they aren't all skittish and stuff. Feed them well. And don't put plants in there. Put something else in there so that you can put salt in there. I would recommend five grams per liter. So that's five parts per thousand of salt. This will really help her um, with her osmotic stress. If she doesn't have to work so hard to maintain osmoregulation, then the birth will be easier on her and the salt will help make that happen. So five grams per liter is what, what I would use. You might be able to go a little higher too, but five grams per liter, that's a lot. Um, that'll kill plants and stuff, so don't put plants in there. So that's one way to maybe help her. So that's an experiment that is worth trying. Does that help for you? Now, a couple of weeks before she gives birth, you don't want to move her right before she gives birth because that's super stressful. She needs to move over, have time to totally settle in and be completely comfortable in her new tank before she gives birth. Um, and, and I would have the salt in there for her to help with her osmoregulation. That's that's the, the simple thing that I think is practical and doable. The other thing, though, is are there underlying issues we just don't know? So can you take one of your guppies and send it to an aquatic veterinarian or find a local veterinarian that can do this and have them do a workup, see if they can find something? Maybe there's an underlying cause that is stressing all your fish out, all your guppies out, but it's not really affecting the males because they're not giving birth. It's just affecting the females when they're giving birth. So, so there's stress, there's something wrong. It's just that extra, extra trauma of giving birth that puts them over the edge and kills them. So there might be a low grade thing going on that, um, that if you could fix might make them more successful at, at giving birth and, it's hard to find that on your own. You'd almost need to bring in an aquatic veterinarian for that. I think Random Arms has something for us. Yes, Random Arms. What is this? Okay. Thank you. There's a Random Arm. 
Oh, Kelly Foreman gave a super chat, but we can't see it now. Kelly, thank you for the super chat. Um, yeah, I don't even know how to do super chats in StreamYard. So thank you uh, very much. If I happen to be able to find it, I will thank you again. Um, oh, I see one right here from Leo Contreras. $4.99. Thank you, Leo. Yay, L471. I need more. <laughs> Set up their own 40 for them with mat and filter caves and all that good stuff, moving them over in a week or two. Awesome. Sounds good. Um, when you do move them, Leo, one thing that might be good is just to move a couple, leave them there for a couple weeks, make sure they do well, um, and then move the rest, right? It would be a shame that there was something going on in there that we didn't know and you moved them all and had a, a loss like that. So gradual tests might be a good idea on a, a rare fish like that. Kelly Foreman, let me, let me see if I can find it. I always feel bad when people throw money at me and I don't even say thanks. Let's see here, I saw Alexander's. There were so many like internet cutouts though from our bad weather that we've had recently that it might've come during one of, Kelly, I've scrolled as far as I can. I literally can't see it. So I don't know what it said, I'm sorry, but but thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Much appreciated. Okay. Scrolling back here. Hang on guys. I'm trying to find where we were. Okay. I'm almost there. There it is. Biscotti Nanya. Have you heard of Pacfa in Colorado? No, I don't know what this is. So basically, if you're selling fish as a hobbyist, you have to get like a – it looks like if you're selling fish as a hobbyist in Colorado, that you have to get like a pet store license or something, and they have to come inspect you and stuff. Yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah, most of the people doing the inspections aren't going to even know what they're doing. <laughs> so <laughs> that doesn't sound fun. Flying Jawaiian. Also, that's the best load you recommend. What's the best load you recommend for getting rid of bladder and ram's horn snails? Any of the botias will do it. The genus botia, B-O-T-I-A. Um, I'd share it with you, but it's hard on, <laughs> on StreamYard. Um, so any of the botias will do it. Um, coolie loaches will do it. So it just depends. Do you want a larger loach like a botia? Some of them only get three, four inches, like a zebra loach. That's a nice botia. Botia striata. Um, doesn't get too big. Really pretty. My, my favorite of the botias. Just a unique one and will eat snails really well. Or do you want something smaller and skinnier like a coolie loach? Those will do it too. So I'd recommend those two. They tend to be peaceful. They don't get too big and um, they'll eat snails just fine. Now clown loaches will do it as well, but they get massive. Um, your tiger loaches and things will do it, but, but they get they're mean, 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 mean fish. <laughs> so it just kind of depends on what you want. So coolie loach and zebra loach would be my two recommendations. Mountaintop puffer keeper, cheers. Good to hear from you. Ah. At least eight Mekong puffer fry are still going well. Cool. So mountain pop, mountain pop, <laughs> hey, mountain pop. <laughs> Mountain Top Puffer Keeper is breeding some amazing puffers, raising, he's got eight Mekong babies. And then the Palustris, 
are more outgoing hunting machines every day. I haven't seen feeding on snails or worms, but each of those are vanishing. Cool. So right now you're still feeding baby brine shrimp, but they seem to be snacking on snails and worms when you're not watching. That sounds awesome. Oh, oh wait, I, Stephen P. Stephen, I did it again. Stephen P. 2003 Aquatics is saying, oh no, where's Pam? Didn't I think Pam? Punchy Paints? If I forgot when I was thinking the mods, thank you, Punchy Paints, for being a mod. Andre Long, Lang, sorry. I ordered a gold roseline shark, and I believe it's blind, which I've read is common for the golds. How do I feed it? It completely ignores its food for the first couple of attempts. Yeah, so this is one reason why um, gold roseline barbs or sharks are expensive. They do have eye problems. Not all of them, but a percentage of them do. And so I don't sell the ones with eye problems. I just keep them. And um, so there's quite a bit of loss anytime you order them. A, a percentage have eye problems. And B, a percentage are going to revert back to more of the, your, your normal rose line colored fish. And you don't know which ones that will be. So here... Some of these are still pretty much yellow and red, but some of them like this guy, that guy was yellow and red. So was this one, but now they have more brown coming in. So it's like a piebald trait that, that changes over time. So they're, they're a tricky fish. How do you feed it? Um, I think you need to put it in a tank by itself. Maybe feed it like blood worms with tweezers. Um, maybe see where it hangs out and drop some kind of large pellet in there that it can nosh on for all day, you know, for a few hours and that you can scoop out easily if it doesn't eat it. So it doesn't foul the tank, stuff like that. Um, you're going to have to put food right in front of it and give it its own space. Cause it's not going to be able to compete at all. So I'm sorry that you got one that's blind. Um, it's very common. And I wish that people that sold them would not pass blind ones onto their customers. That's just, that's just mean. Living in liquid antibiotics makes import guppies not hardy when arriving to our normal tanks. Only problem solutions: stop buying cheap six fish and learn people quality sometimes must cost. Yeah, I. So, um, Mikey M, I, I've heard that. Um, I've heard that they're raised in salt water. I don't think you can paint a broad brush, though. There are, I, I think. I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that there's in Southeast Asia, probably over a thousand guppy breeders, maybe more. Um, and each one is doing it a little different And each country probably does it, tends to do it a little different as well. And then individuals within that country are going to have their variations. So I don't think we can say that they're all raised in antibiotics or that they're all raised on UV sterilizers or that they're all raised um, in salt water or, or all the different things we hear. Now, I think maybe some are, and maybe this breeder does them in salt and this breeder does them in, in um, antibiotics and this breeder, you know, they never see a germ in their life. You know, there's, there, there are situations like that, but there's so many different breeders that I don't think we can paint with that broad of a brush. What I think the trick is for me is to um, work with the breeder so I understand as much as possible how they're doing things. That's step one, because then I can kind of know what to do once they get here. Um, 
I tend to buy the pricier ones. I, I tend to stay away from, you know, the, the super cheap wholesale list guppies. Um, my reasoning is that someone that's charging more is charging more for a reason. It's probably because they're taking better care of them <laughs> and, and, you know, doing things differently. Um, there are some breeders that I know well enough that I can communicate and get a good sense of what they're doing. And then there's other ones that, that I don't or suppliers I buy from that might buy from the breeder, but I don't have contact with the breeder directly. It just depends on how close to the source I can get as I'm going up the supply chain. So um, I, I have found some good breeders. Um, some of them are hobbyists. So we have some guppies coming up that were bred by some hobbyists in Europe. Those will be available. I'm probably going to give them, I've had them for about a week. I'm probably going to give them a few more weeks just because just they're guppies <laughs> and, and I want to be cautious with them. But yeah, it's a, it's a tricky problem because there's so many variations in supply. So it is hard to know what to do. But yes, I, I agree though, that if you go with just, I'm just going to buy the cheap ones. Those are usually just bred in, in, here I go saying we can't generalize and I'm about to generalize. I see the irony, but um, they're, they're raising mud ponds out in the open. You know, all kinds of stuff can get in there. They're very dirty environments. Um, birds are around there pooping in there, spreading germs. It's a, it's, it's a problem, right? Um, so I tend to stay away from those and, and try to get fish for more controlled environments, but maybe not like super sterile. That, that's that's what I'm shooting for. And from hobbyists, whenever I can, no matter if they're in the United States, that's preferable. But there's some in Europe that are breeding them in good numbers. Um, there, there's some in Japan. There's some very good facilities in Japan as well. Um, any, anyway, it's a tricky problem because there's a lot of variation in the supply chain. Swamp Thing a dance fish, if you can't, if you catch up to chat this far and see this, I will be impressed. Hey, we just impressed Swamp Thing. <laughs> Any warehouse updates? Just talked about the warehouse updates uh, a little while ago. You probably heard that. So, Chris Robertson is saying it's called a tile hole saw. Yeah, I masonry hole saw, tile hole saw, diamond hole saw. There, there's lots of names for it, but. <laughs> punchy paints i'm in jail for attempted murder of the codfather watch out the tennessee mafia will get you <laughs> all right gorgachev <laughs> that takes me back to 80s politics i'm calling out my guppies with bent spines and have put them in their own tank i was wondering what fish i could put them in with them to consume the guppy fry a 29-gallon tank. What I really like is small surface-dwelling killifish, like Aplicylus blockii or Kirschmeieri. Those are great. I, I think I'm going to have to share a screen here. Um, okay. So these here are some of my favorites for... Uh, population control. And I'll tell you why in a second. This is Aplochylus blockii. There's another one very similar called Kirschmeieri. 
looks the same pretty much, right? These are the same genus as the ubiquitous golden wonder killie. We all, we all know the golden wonder, right? This fish. But the difference is they stay small. They only get a little over an inch. I mean, an inch and a half would be a giant. An uh, inch and a quarter would be really big for these guys. So they stay small. They're little predator killifish. They're not going to get big enough to, to bother your guppies. Um, any guppy with long flowing fins you have to be careful of because lots of fish find that alluring and want to chew on those fins. But in general, they're not going to uh, – they're small, fairly peaceful fish. But they're little predators, so they will go around and hunt little baby guppies. So that's one that I think is a pretty good option. Uh, sometimes they're called the jewel killifish, although you have to be careful because there's lots of fish called jewel killifish. <laughs> so, um, but that's one that I think would be worth looking into. And if you can't find that one, the same principle applies. What is a small, peaceful predator? that only eats really small stuff it can it can readily consume. Something like a wrestling half beak would be awesome too, but those guys only hunt on the surface. So they're not going to get the fry down below. So they won't be as effective. But it's that idea though. What's small, what's predatory, and uh, what won't bother my guppies, my adult guppies. Kelly Foreman saying, we're all good. Thanks, Kelly. I appreciate it. I, I just feel bad though. You know, someone gives you money, you want to say thanks and see what they wrote. <laughs> I never left. Oh, all right. <laughs> Biscotti Nanya, have you heard of? Oh, okay. I already got that one. Um, so Biscotti, just, just one thing. I appreciate the comment um, in the spirit in which it's, it's left, but we are trying to be a family friendly channel because we want kids to be able to be in here and be comfortable. So let's do watch the language. I, I just hate for a kid to not be able to participate because there was bad language and their parents wouldn't let them or something like that. Right. That would just be sad. So let's see here. Chat disconnected. Hang on. Let me try something. I think this will work. There we go. Mikey M true generalizing is probably not a good way forward. My bad. Your reaction, my chat shows you are a great professional person. Wish you all the best in the future. Uh, no problem. Mikey. M. I, I get it. No worries. I think it is one problem though. What you brought up. Yeah. And by the way, hopefully that came across as I'm not trying to call you out or anything like that. Um, I just want to give me an opportunity to talk about the complexity of the problem. That's all. Mountaintop Puffer Keeper setting up a new rack for Thanksgiving week, turkey fish. I'm mountaintop and might be a fish nerd. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Welcome to the MTS meeting. I'm Dan. I'm a fish addict. Buddy Viper, our Empire Gudgeons are doing so well. They're fat, happy, healthy, and beautiful. They have the most fascinating behavior. I love to watch them. And my little geos and thread fins are awesome. Thumbs up, heart, love, wink. Good. <laughs> buddy viper i'm glad to hear it. and yes empire gudgeons if you're a fish keeper you owe it to yourself at least one time in your life to keep the empire gudgeon and to keep it long term to see what they turn into as they grow up and the male get that big nuchal hump on them and um they get that fiery orange color they are really cool fish so at some point in your fish keeping career keep that fish they're amazing Super hardy, full of personality and beautiful. Um, and um, 
I'm not selling any at the moment, so I'm not just saying this to shill my stuff. I, I really like them a lot. Richard Gogger, is there a shelf life of a brand new tank? I have one that's been waiting to set up, bought it three years ago. There's never one. It doesn't go bad if there's no water in it. Stupid question, I guess. Um, no, not a stupid question. Uh, the, the idea, I think, is that if it doesn't have water in it, somehow the silicone will dry out, right? We think of things not having water as being dry. So the idea is maybe the silicone will dry out. I don't think that's the case. Hmm. Could be wrong. I'm not a silicone expert. <laughs> that's an odd comment to say out loud. Um, but I don't think so. I've you I've had tanks sitting fallow and empty for years and filled them up and they were fine. Now, I don't know all the conditions, like maybe you live somewhere and it's been out in the hot wind or something. Like, I don't know all that, but normal storage usage, um, everywhere I've done it, I haven't had tanks like go bad. So again, I'm not, I'm not an expert, but that's been my experience. All right, it's 8.30. So we're going to get off the stream, but I want to thank everyone for being here. Thanks first and foremost to my moderators for doing what they do. Couldn't do this without you guys. Really appreciate you. Hope you have a great holiday. Thanks for modding. Thanks for thanks for being here. Um, everyone that threw super chats at me, thank you. Sorry it was a little hard to respond correctly since I'm in a different software setup now and um, just don't know what I'm doing, let's face it. <laughs> but thank you for the money. It's always Nice, we're a startup and every little bit does help. Thank you so much. Everyone that left the question or comment, thanks for keeping it lively. I appreciate having discussion points. Um, all the lurkers out there, hail the Lurker Nation. Everyone watching on the replay, hello. I hope you can be here live someday, but I get it. Life's busy. And everyone listening on the uh, podcast, thanks for listening. I wonder what the podcast is like. I've never actually listened to it. I'm sure it's amazing. Anyway, I'll be back same bat time next week, same bat channel. Until then, have a good one. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.